You're listening to Through the Funnel, where we demystify Chinese medicine. I'm your host, Mallory Jaimo, and this is episode number four. Hello, welcome. Today, I am joined by my friend and colleague, Travis Fields. Travis and I met while attending a Chinese medicine facial reading class and diagnosis in San Diego, California. I really wanted to have Travis on here because he is an expert in this field and facial reading tells us so much about our experience from previous years in our life as well as how we're feeling and looking currently. Travis, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. I do want to jump right in. So tell me a little bit about how you became interested in Chinese medicine facial reading. Our instructor Lillian is someone who has been a treasure to both of us. So tell us a little bit about what attracted you to this approach to health. Yeah, it was actually a complete accident. You know, funny enough, I think that's how you find most of the important things in your life. But I was kind of on the fence about going to acupuncture school. And I was a massage therapist at the time. And I was working with an acupuncturist and I got some incredible results after like losing injury in my hand or losing function in my hand because of an injury. So I read all her textbooks after she had helped me. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. So I went to Barnes and Noble looking for books on Chinese medicine. And the only one I found was Lillian's book, Face Reading in Chinese Medicine. And I picked it, I bought it because it was just the only one that was there. And I was like, this book is interesting. You know, like, let me read it. It kind of seems like fortune telling, but okay, whatever. It's Chinese medicine. And I read it and I kind of put it down because it didn't make much sense to me. There were some pieces in there where she was explaining a lot of stuff that wasn't really in the other textbooks because she was lineage based and her family had been doing it since like the Ming dynasty, I think in the 1300s. So anyways, I put it to the side and I eventually enrolled in acupuncture school and I heard her again on a podcast and I was like, oh, wow, that explains so much about Jing and about so many of the things that don't really get talked about too much in acupuncture school because there's just so much there. And it wasn't until I think I met her at a conference that she had said something to me that like with, without even really knowing much about me. And I was like, how did you know that? And she goes, Oh, it's like right on your face. And she ended up giving this beautiful talk where she really made the spirit of Chinese medicine come alive. And she was talking about how emotions get stuck in our body and how, Basically, the things that we go through in our lives and the health issues that we end up having are really wake-up calls to live differently. So I really resonated with her. I ended up like going to study with her in Seattle. And that's kind of the short version of that story. But she ended up teaching me so much more about – I didn't really want to learn face reading. You know, I, I just kind of thought, oh, that's cool. But I really liked actually all of the other stuff that she brought into it, all the spirituality, all the psychology, all of the really – she really did an excellent job about making this kind of ancient practice more modern and more practical because a lot of the times you hear this stuff and it almost sounds like woo, but all of a sudden it's like you look and I think half of the facial muscles of the 52 are mimetic, meaning they're about muscles of expression. So basically if you can see what wrinkles someone has, you can see what emotions they're experiencing. And all of a sudden that gives you so much insight into how they're operating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we've had our facial readings, one of the coolest things that I did not expect, so Travis read my face. And that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. I'm due for another one. Um, but you've lost some wrinkles, which is fascinating. 
Yeah, I did. I was working on them. <laughs> we can talk <laughs> about that. But what was, um, and if people don't already know, this will be available on YouTube too. So you can see and use our faces as examples. But one thing that was really helpful that I did not expect at all is when you were reading my face, you were able to provide information on how I can work with what you were seeing. So if you saw some discoloration, you had some food therapy recommendations. If you saw again, some, um, like drooping or sagging, you know, again, you would talk about lifestyle suggestions. And that was something that I wasn't expecting, but you said something that I want to go back to because of, um, just the language in Chinese medicine. Can you tell us about how you you interpret Jing, how Lillian has taught you to interpret Jing, and how that is represented on the face? Yeah, sure. That's a big question. Um, and just to kind of go backwards a little bit, the thing that I like the most about Lillian is that she wasn't an acupuncturist. She wasn't a doctor. She had a master's degree in psychology, but she was really good at Yangsheng and uh, like you know the lifestyle practices, and she mm -hmm. did everything based stop yin and yang and the five elements and uh -huh. you're taught this some in school but all of a sudden it, she really made it come to life because basically she would tell me that the five elements or the five phases you know if you're a scholar and you want to get technical about it they are the greatest gift the chinese people gave to humanity because they're uh -huh. these five vibrational frequencies that everything can be categorized into so all of a sudden if you see that someone maybe has you know let's say some discoloration on the upper lip they might need to change their diet a little bit or if they have a line on the chin, they might need to rest more. And like, you know, it tells you basically what organ is being affected by the lifestyle that you're living. Mm -hmm. So she would always talk about Jing. And it's just so funny because in acupuncture school, in the beginning, you're kind of taught that you have this much amount of Jing, which is basically your essence, like, you know, the, the physicality of your body. And when you use it all up, you're dead. And then there's these cycles of time that found horrible for women and men, like, you know, by 64 or a 50, what is it? 56 for women. It's like, you're old and you're decrepit. And she cycles would say, not, seven and eight. Yeah. yeah, cycles of seven and eight. And she would say, that's not really how it is. You get different infusions. So what she had taught me was that Jing is everything that you come in with. It's all your talents, all your abilities, all your predispositions, all the, the way that you look, all the physical gifts of your body. And it's, it is like your genes, right? It's all the gifts that you get from your ancestors and your grandparents, but it's something more. It's all the talents of expression that you have in this lifetime. So she would always say that Jing is something that you have to protect, preserve, and enhance. And one mm -hmm. of the things that you'll see, there's certain signs on the face that are really lifestyle markings. And I was listening to some podcast, I think it was with Andrew Huberman, and he was talking about how, you know, the three baselines for health are, I might've mentioned this before when we chatted, but the baselines for health are good food, good air, and good rest, which is different than sleep. Um, and it's fascinating because you, there's markings on your face right on the middle. There's one on the chin right here that shows that you're not resting enough. There's one across the philtrum, the groove underneath the nose that shows that you're not breathing deep enough. And there's one right across the bridge of the nose that shows that you're not eating in a way that's sustainable for your body. And all of these things actually show that you're kind of buffering the use of Jing and like you know you're not making enough chi for your body and you're over exhausting your body and you're not living in a way that's harmonious and conducive to good health 
So when she taught about Jing, yes, it's all the physicality of your body, but it's also to all the things that you can do. And, and to give you an example of this, I have a client who she's a, she's a great type A executive. She's very focused. She's very driven, but she constantly gets burnout and she'll just push herself so hard until like her body starts to fall apart. And this is just how she lives. Like, I don't want to judge her for that. That's just, she's very successful and she's very good at these things, but she's like, how do I manage my body better? How do I manage my life better? And funny enough, the thing that actually gave her more energy and gave her more abilities to kind of buffer that stress was writing music and singing. And it was just so fun. Creativity, exactly. And the funny thing is, is that that's where it gets a little bit more mysterious, I guess, where there's certain things in our life that give us energy rather than taking it. And that's what the gene comes in, the things that you're born with, your talents, your abilities, the things that you naturally gravitate towards, those things give you energy. And they actually are considered wu-wei, that effortless action, the things that you do that just make you feel like, wow, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. So too many people, I think, overexhaust themselves and do the things that stress them out, which burns the jing, which burns that physical capabilities of the body. And when they go back to doing things that they really enjoy, like whether it's cooking or singing or, you know, doing something a little bit more creative, all of a sudden they have so much more buffer to do all the things in life that they don't want to do. The heart and kidney you were talking about your patient, and she's getting into a really creative space, which is our root chakra. And in Chinese medicine, we don't necessarily call it our root chakra, but it is our lower dantian, which has to, which holds the kidney and the urinary bladder. And when we're in a pure state of creativity, and that can be creating life force, like you said, gardening, singing, music, um, writing, we are activating, you know, the dopamine and the serotonin and all these happy hormones, but we're also connecting our heart and kidney that put us into a parasympathetic meditative state that allows our body to be really in a complete harmonious state. And when we're in that state, that's when we feel like really good about life and we feel in the flow. And yes, it's hormonal and all those physiological things, but it's also something that is nearly tangible to the human body when we can say to ourselves, I love this. And this is exactly what I want to be doing and when I want to be doing it. And carrying out that creativity from the urinary bladder, which is the water element included in that in the kidneys and harmonizing <laughs> and that it. That sounds so weird if you're not in Chinese medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Does it? I guess I don't know. Yeah, just, yeah right. It's like the, the urinary bladder is helping me feel like more harmonious in my life. Okay. <laughs> you got to get into that flow, flow yeah, like the totally. water. Um, yeah. And that actually brings up a really interesting point. I've been kind of geeking out on neuroscience lately. And you know, there's, I see so many people in the clinic that come in, their cortisol is too high. They're kind of living out of balance. And the way I was taught it is that Jing is there to basically make it so that you can make the most out of the limited amount of days that we have in our lifetime. How do we make the most out of this short time we get to be human, which is such a gift. Mm -hmm. And actually, like when we are feeling too much stress, when we're feeling too much anger, grief, sadness, all those emotions really actually spike cortisol in the body. And the ones that actually bring more oxytocin are joy, love, bliss, like, you know, quiescence, contentment. So it's like when we're doing these things that really feel in alignment with who we are and where we're going, which is all, what Jing's all about. It's about being you in the world. 
And I think that's where that heart and kidney disconnect, where it's just like you are trying to be someone that you're not, like maybe you're in a job that doesn't really in alignment, but it allows you to pay the bills, but you're constantly stressed. So you have to find ways to buffer yourself to get back to who you really are. And that's actually how you get into that oxytocin space where you're more receptive and you're more open to connection and you're happier. Yep. Yeah. And that's also has to do with, you know, just our society and our external factors of, oh, I have to be this way. I have to do these types of things. I have a family support. You know, there's so many things that go into taking us away from our true natural state. And that's why so much of this, like these ancestral practice practices and primal and paleo, you know, all that has really come back because it's about getting back to the to, you know, that way of living and that way of carrying a consistent state. And they had stress back then, you know, it was just a different type of stress. It wasn't as chronic, I think, like where it was more, you're being chased by the wild animal or something like you're going to war or something like that. And then it ends. It's not as chronic versus nowadays. I think our bodies are so stuck in that cortisol, you know, kind of fight or flight state all the time. And I, I see that all the time with people. And that's kind of the thing that I find myself working with the most because that aggravates everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is a baseline and it is a foundation. So when you see someone who has high cortisol or like we're talking about this heart kidney disconnect um, issues with the Shen, which are, is going to be the eyes and the heart in Chinese medicine and love truth, honesty, trust, what does that look like in someone's face? Sure. That's a great question. And that'll get us back to what we were originally talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can tell you, I look for a couple things uh, when I see people. So there's a lot of different signs of stress and everyone's different and how people manage stress is different than maybe how, how they kind of are internally. So to give you an example of that, Someone who has a very woody constitution, they have the square jaw and they have the big eyebrows. Those are all signs of the wood element and a strong liver. They need a little bit more stress in their life because if they don't have enough stress, you know, in Chinese medicine, the liver is the military general. It wants to fight. It wants to do. It wants to take action. Those people actually need to have a certain amount of intensity. But if they're not like that, it'll really break them apart. So I get people that are very type A because I live in LA and I work with a lot of executives and I can tell you that if I tell them to go rest and to go live a more peaceful life, they'll look at me like I'm insane. But the way that I gauge it is I see, are the cheeks sunken and hollow? Because that tells me that they're living in an anxiety state. So if you start to see that really sunkenness in your cheeks, it's that really attractive model look, but it actually is a sign that you've been suffering. You know, you're, you're moving too fast. You're not breathing deep enough. Like you're living too much in a stress state. That's one of them. Number two, this one's really common, but you see the dark circles under the eyes and that's like, that's a kidney deficiency. And that's normally accompanied with the low back pain or the knee pain or the heel pain or, you know, whatever it is. If the adrenal exhaustion is really high, you'll see a red line underneath the eyes. And if you have any of these things, don't worry, it's, it's manageable, but it's just your body's way of telling you that you're doing something it doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And the problem is with people that stress is addicting. And when you've gotten so used to this state of being like your brain doesn't want to shift because you know we like to be the way that we are so it feels very unnatural to go in any other state even though it might be really good for you and that's why I get a lot of type a people that come in that basically when they get relaxed all of a sudden they go home and they sleep for six hours and they hate it and they say like what did you do to me why do I feel so why do I feel so lazy why do I feel so this and it's like that's called rest like I remember one time I did cupping for someone and he's 
It's like, I slept for four hours, like, you know, right after that treatment in the middle of the day, like, that's like, that's not right. What was wrong with the treatment? He's like, what did you do to me? And I was like, uh, you're relaxed now. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're relaxed and, then, and your nervous system was ready to crash and repair. Yeah. And there's, there's a couple more signs too, I look for. So it's like, I might see like, are the eyebrow hair starting to fall out? Because that shows that you've, you've exerted too much physical, um, physical energy of the body. Like you can't really handle it too much. Or if you see a line on the chin that shows that you need to rest more, you're not laying down enough. You're doing too many things that are overstimulated. And one of the really common things I see with this one, I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but if you see this line across the chin, it's a horizontal line that'll show up right on the chin and it, it's not permanent. I promise you. Um, it's just a sign that you need to rest more. But one of the things I see is that people need silence. They'll be driving home and they're so overstimulated that they can't listen to anything in the car. And we've, we've talked about that before. You're like, oh my God, that was me. But this is like gone on you now, which is cool. Almost. Um, and yeah. what's interesting, and I've kind of wanted to ask you about this, but um, I want I want you to finish your thoughts. So I'll ask you. Sure. The last thing I look for is depression in the temples because that actually, you'll see like a dark color kind of marking here. So from this um, zygomatic bone to the temporal bone, you'll see darkness right in here. And that's actually a sign that someone is that has a biochemical depression. So it could be because they're sad about life. It could be because that they're kind of, their hormones are out of balance. It, it's just, it's a major sign of depression. So if I see that too, I know that someone's not quite well and they might be not living in a way that is really conducive to their life because they feel like they have more to do, but they don't know what to do because their bodies are so stressed out. Yeah, I've seen that almost sunken too. Yeah, so the, slightly. The sunkenness is a sign um, of a desire for an altered state. So sometimes, like on a more extreme level, you'll see people that, you know, they like to drink or they like to use cannabis or what, whatever it is that they use to check out. But really, what I was taught is that the color is important because it shows you what kind of escapism that they're doing. But on a more subtle level, it's people that can you be having a conversation with and they're checked out, they're in their own thoughts. So it's basically like the Shen is kind of leaving the body. The, the, the spirit is just not really present. They're not really fully engaged in life because they don't really feel like it's safe to do so. And they have a natural desire to check out. But if anyone has any of these things, it's not a bad thing. Sometimes that's a really, it's a protect, uh, protective mechanism because you need more time alone and you need more time to actually be engaged in life. So if you see that sunkenness here, that's actually just showing that they're not so engaged in life. Interesting. I do want to talk about the Shen. So I'm going to put this out, put that out there so that we kind of have a chronological sure. order to go in here. And the Shen is the eyes. But so the line at the bottom that I still have and have had. It's barely I, there. I, I have even seen babies being right. born with this. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, I'm sure some of it has to do with in utero state, but you know, they'll come in with like a curled up chin, but then eventually. That, yeah. I've seen that a lot too. And the way I was taught it is that sometimes that means the, the birth was very traumatic for them. There might've been a stressful pregnancy. There might've been something that stressed the baby out. And, you know, these days it's like um, pregnancy is such a miracle and, and so is childbirth, but it can still be a very stressful experience. And maybe like, you know, that was and again, I don't want to judge anyone for what they're doing, but sometimes maybe the mom was working too hard and or she had too much stress. So they're trying to figure out it's very stressful. So many of my friends have been getting pregnant lately and just the the process of getting ready for a baby in this modern world is very hard. 
and the baby feels that, you know, there's that um, placental barrier that like the baby feels everything that the mom feels. And that's actually why like how you are during pregnancy really affects the personality of the child. So this line right here, the vertical, or sorry, the horizontal line across the chin, that's the, that's the line that says you need to retire, you're working too hard. And I see it a lot in kids. And, you know, that you're not supposed to really get this until 60. So what that's saying is that the will is tired. They need more rest. They need more relaxation. And one of the things I see a lot in children is like they're doing too much. Like they're sure maybe like the, the baby had a stressful birth or maybe the baby feels like they want to go do all this stuff, but their body's not really working because they haven't figured out how to like navigate this new body that they have. Or if you see it in kids, it's like maybe they're doing too much stuff after school. It's like you see those kids that are in like tennis, soccer, playing some kind of musical, musical instrument, then they're part of clubs. And it's just like, they have no time for rest and they're not playing enough. So in the kids that have this, it's like, they need to play more. And it, it's funny because I work with some, I work with some younger kids. And I think the kid that I was working with is like 11. He's like, yeah, I get one recess. It's about 20 minutes. And I was like, wow, that's so little. Yeah, it is so little. And things like that can show up in our Shen, like we were talking about before, when we're not having enough fun when we're not resting enough, when we're not pleased with our daily activity, our the people that are around us, you know, how we are carrying out our life. So how are someone's eyes going to look or the area around the eyes, like you mentioned, the darkness going to look when there's room for improvement? Let's sure. That's a, that's a great question. So um, I'm going to put you on the spot right now because you're a really good example of someone who's full of Shen. And when I taught that class, I actually found this great picture of some of my friends. They gave me permission to use it. And one of them is just so bright and so exuberant. Like there's just so much life in her face. That's a sign of good Shen. And then she's right next to one of her other friends who was just going through a stressful breakup and had financial issues and all this stuff. And her face was like dusky and gray. So sometimes it is a blood deficiency, right? Where it's just like you get that dusky color and, and the Shen, the spirit travels on the blood. So if you are a Shen deficient, you definitely need more blood. But, you know, in Chinese medicine, yes, you do look at the eyes, right? The brightness of the eyes, because, you know, it's like it's said that the, the liver is the manifestation of the eyes or the eyes are the manifestation of the liver, I should say. But also that's like the actual sclera, the way I was taught. There's different schools of thought, but... The sclera of the eye shows the liver health, but the brightness coming from the eyes. So the way I was taught is that then comes down in through the crown of the head into the heart and then illuminates. It's like a, it's like a lantern or like a candle. And when you're really bright and you're really clear and you're really happy, it'll show up through your hands. It'll show up through your hair. It'll show up through your teeth. It'll show through your eyes and the complexion of your skin. You'll look bright. And a good example of this is like you wake up one day and you're like, wow, you got really good rest. You got, you, you had a good night's sleep. You didn't have any weird dreams or anything like that. And you wake up, you say, wow, I look really good today. And it's because you're full of Shen. Or if you have a really bright teeth and a bright smile. And funny enough, one of the signs of kidney deficiency is that kind of the yellowing of the teeth or, or even like a kind of a whiteness to the teeth that is not very bright or translucent. It just, it's like a flat light. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Where... It's like, that's one of the signs that maybe the Shen isn't so great. So if you have a really bright smile, it might show up through there. If you have really bright eyes, it might show up through there. Everyone's a little bit different, but the way you can gauge it is just like, do you feel like you're full of life? Do you like the way that you look in the mirror? Because if you don't, then there's probably a little bit of an issue with the Shen. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite activities when we were in class together 
was when we looked at pictures of ourselves from different ages and seeing not only the growth and the difference in the face, but Kelly was so specific about looking at the eyes and whether someone was present in the picture. And she'd be like, where are you? Where'd you go? You're definitely not in this picture to what you were saying before. And this kind of popular term that's come about right now, which is like disassociation from the body. And, you know, then looking at people in certain stages of their life, as you were saying, that had felt really good or really bright or, um, you know, just feeling good about where they were in life, looking at the different stages. So that's also a fun activity that people can even do on their own is pull out maybe some printed photos that you have and look at over like a 20 year or 15 year span, how your face has changed structurally, um, the shen, the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason we did that in that class was because I can't remember if it was the golden path class that we took or yeah. if it was a different one. But, you know, the biggest thing that I was taught is that trauma blocks the Shen. So basically what happens is, is that something I don't really love that word because I, I think it's it's used a lot. And there are some very serious traumas that are trauma. But then we get the micro traumas. Those are a little bit different or what's sometimes called the the death by a thousand cuts. A lot of the little things that happen that stress you out in life. So basically, the way I was taught it is that Shen is in the heart, right? That's classical Chinese medicine. And when something happens to you that feels stressful, that feels traumatic, that feels like you can't be yourself in an authentic way because the Shen is all about authenticity, you block it. Something stressful happens. You don't feel like it's safe to be okay. Like you see this a lot in middle school, right? Like that's kind of when it starts <laughs> where it's like you see these kids that are really happy and then all of a sudden they look different and the hormones start to change and they go through puberty and they don't feel like they fit in. So the reason we looked at all the pictures, and that's why it'd be so good for anyone listening to look at pictures about you of you throughout your whole life, you can actually see like in the times that you're really stressed that you took a photo, you're like, oh my God, I don't look happy there. And you'll know exactly when that Shen kind of left, when that maybe dissociation started to happen, which is another thing that you'll see in the temples, right? That is a sign of dissociation. And the biggest thing that I can tell you is if you're trying to bring this back and you do feel stuck and you feel hard, and you feel like you're disconnected because one of the things I'm seeing so often right now is loneliness. And that is an issue of the heart. And a lot of the times that's because you're you're with a lot of people that you don't feel connected to. And the Shen always wants to connect to other people. That's what makes us feel alive. So community is so important. Being around people that make you feel like you're safe to be who you are and not feel judged. What's that saying that I really like? Those that matter don't mind and those that mind don't matter. And it's just like so true. And I think a lot of the times we put the mask on because our face is so holographic, it can change. And you'll start to kind of play these different roles. You might be someone different at work or might be someone different at your, you know, at your, in your relationship, or you might be someone different with your friends. So it's like finding the places where you feel safe to be who you are. You can be authentic. And sometimes you need to be alone to figure that out, to figure out like, what do I really want to do? So being in a good community where you have your inner circle that is so valuable. And I think that's so understated. Like we need good people in our lives to make us feel like we can be who we are. So that way the Shen can come out. Mm -hmm. 100%. I've had patients who have said, well, if I just don't go to my family for the holiday, I'm going to have a really good holiday season. And I'm like, well, don't go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or go and go for, you know, an hour instead of three hours or, Um, you know, make sure that you have some way to 
be with yourself and to give yourself what it needs, even if that is setting like a firm boundary. I know. Yeah, that's one of the one of the things I've really found with a lot of people have stressful families. I, th- I think we all do. And in Chinese, and if you don't, you're lucky. But in Chinese philosophy, they're big on Shao, which is I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's filial piety, honoring your family. And when I read this about this, I was like, oh my gosh, I have not been the best family member. And I've learned because I got so stressed about them. I've I've forgiven my parents for all the things that they've done. I think that's part of life, right? You grow up and you're kind of like, okay, I know you didn't raise me maybe the way I wanted to, but I like who I am. So, okay, I I love you anyway. But the biggest thing I've learned is that if you get in a stressful situation with people that you love, whether it's family, whether it's a romantic partner, whether it's close friends, whether it's even someone like you work with, Detached compassion is so important. I love you, but like I can't get too close because that stresses me out because that will block the shen. So that will block that authenticity. So it's like being able to like be with those people that stress you out if they're important in your lives or they're not going anywhere, learning how to kind of detach yourself and still love them from a distance, but not get too involved in their problems. That's really hard. Mm-hmm. I love the term authenticity. And oftentimes I'll talk my patients through and we can save this for another day, but your integrity, you know, your integrity includes your morals and values, but it also includes what is you and your authenticity and how you want to be represented by you for you in this world. I want to go back to the structures of the face. So we know sure. that elements. Can you talk us through a little bit about? Um, you mentioned the wood type. Can you tell us about a water type, a fire type? Uh, maybe just give a little bit of perspective as far as kind of some of those big, bigger distinguishing features for each of the sure. elements. Yeah. So before I go into that, I just want to tell the listeners everyone has all five organs in the body. We all have all five elements. And throughout your life, you'll change. And there's different seasons of life where you'll be more dominant in different elements. So we need all five, but you're going to have strengths that are more important to living harmoniously. So each of the organs has a vital feature that's related to a different element. So for example, if you have really large ears, like I do, you have a lot of water. So it's like, and if the ear, basically, if one of your ears takes up about three of your head, that's a pretty strong water person. And you might see a tall forehead, which I do have, or you might see a strong chin. Um, Those are kind of some of the secondary features, but that's the water kind of features. And one of the things that you can do as a practitioner, if there are any practitioners listening, is you can feel the cartilage of the ear. And if it feels strong, that actually shows that the jing is quite strong. If it feels a little bit soft or if it's a little bit translucent, that's a sign that they've overused the jing. And I grew up living a little bit recklessly. I kind of lived like I was in college as a teenager. And I, my ears were so soft for so long. And even when I learned face reading, I think I was 23 at the time, um, my ears were so soft and only recently have they gotten really strong. And I was shocked that this could change, but I really changed my life a lot. And I stopped doing things that were stressful. I stopped staying up late. I I don't really drink, you know, I, I don't mind drinking, but I just, it's just not for me. And I noticed that my ears really got stronger. So that's a bit good assessment of the jing. If you're a water type, you will have those big ears. If you're a wood type, you're going to have a really strong jaw and you're going to have really big, bushy, wiry eyebrows. If you're a fire person, you're going to have really curly hair. You're going to have a lot of points. So you're going to have like, you know, pointed nose. You're going to have really bright eyes. You might have freckles. You know, fire is a little bit one of the ones that's harder to see. 
but you'll 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 kind of know someone who's fiery because they're very fun, they're very charming, they're very infectious, they're very fun to be around. They're a little bit scattered, but that's what that's why they're lovable. They're not the best at getting things done, but man, they have the best ideas and they're very fun. If you're a earth person, you're going to have the vital feature of the earth is the mouth. You're going to have a really full mouth that goes wider than your nose. They probably have really charming smiles. They have more padding on the face. And I'll tell you, if you're a water or an earth person, you don't photograph as well. You might look, and if you don't like the way you look in pictures and you have some of these features, I'm going to tell you right now, you look better in person and that's okay because you don't have as much contouring to the face. So like, you just might not like the way you look in photos and that's fine. You don't have to change anything about yourself. Just know that you look better in person. Yeah, and you have some beautiful water and earth. Um, I can't help but you, you, look, you, you look great in photos though. I have to tell you that. So, you know, you have some good fire too and good metal. And speaking of metal, the vital feature of the metal is the nose, right? Because it's related to the lungs. So you'll see someone with a really long nose, which I do have. Um, and that'll kind of jump out to you. And if you're not sure, right, cause we have all these features, you might just need to see and say, what stands out to me? What jumps out? What feature am I most insecure about? Cause normally that's the strongest one, funny enough, or what feature do I really like about myself? And those things can really gauge a lot. And if you can see those things, it can actually really tell you how you're living, what what kind of needs you have in your life. And also, too, it can show you the organ health really quite easily. So each organ has a vital feature, which kind of shows the constitutional strength or the jing of that organ. Then there's the secondary features, which maybe show the emotional strength of that organ, or there's the diagnostic aspects. So to give you an example... The ears show the physicality of the jing, right? So big ears that are strong, that actually shows someone with really strong jing or maybe small ears. It doesn't mean they don't have a lot of jing, but they just have less to burn. They don't, they can't be as reckless with their jing and they're a lot more cautious. But if you're looking diagnostically, you want to look under the eye because if this is really dark, which you look fantastic, I I think you've been resting well um, and drinking all your soup, right? But if there's darkness under here, that's, that's a sign that you need to sleep more, you need to rest more, you need to lay down more. And if you're looking at the emotional strength, you look at the chin because that shows the will or the, I don't know how you say that word in Chinese, Z-H-I, zhir. Zhir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the will. So if you start to see that horizontal line there, you're going to say, wow, I'm really tired. There's so many things I have to do, but I don't have the energy for it. I don't feel like doing it, but you can still push through. Mm-hmm. Cool. I love it so much. It's such a great review. And you mentioned, you know, the pointiness and the roundness of different features. So the nose, the mouth, the eyes, the eyebrows, the ears, it seems like those general terminology, that general terminology can be applied to all the facial features. Is that right? And then give us the category of the element. Sure. Yeah. You can have elements that um, stack onto each other. So for example, you might have a really angular nose or you might have a nose that's very padded. So if your nose is very straight and aquiline and very symmetrical, that's a little bit more metallic. If it's very pointed at the end and it's kind of small and short, that's a little bit more fiery. And if you have the padding, which I do, it's a little bit more earthy. And those all mean different things. And you can get really lost in the weeds here. Um, and really, it can, it can get really complicated. So it's really just more about how do you see what this person needs? How do you see where they're at? And one of the things I assess a little bit more than the actual personality, or sorry, the um, the constitutional strength, the first thing I look at is how their emotions are. So I look at the wrinkles because 
the way I was taught it is that one of the signs of aging prematurely, yes, that's kidney deficiency, but it's also a lack of authenticity. So the way I was taught it is that wrinkles are the expressions of emotion. They've either been overexpressed or they've been repressed. They are a natural byproduct of aging, but you can actually let them go. So if you get those 11s right here, which we've talked about so many times, it's like you kind of need to learn how to work on your frustration, your irritability, your impatience, your anger. And that's not a bad thing. It actually should, anger is a really powerful emotion. You can get things done. You're very passionate. That's a great thing. But if it's starting to cause you to feel really impatient in your life, you might need to look at that. So I look at that first and see kind of where someone's at. And I was thinking because, you know, I was taught this amazing tool and I'm like, what do I do with it? You know, Lillian passed away and, you know, she was so wonderful and she really brought it to the field of Chinese medicine. And I really like psychology. And one of the things I had a client come in, she says, I don't really know what's wrong. I feel like something's wrong. Can you do a reading for me? And I kind of laughed because she, she doesn't come in for face readings very often. And I'm talking to her and I see, you know, I see some fear on her chin. I see some worry right here. I see some um, anger and I also see some grief. And I was like, no wonder you feel so chaotic. You're feeling all these different things and you're not really sure which one you're feeling the most of because their emotions are easy when they're one by one, but sometimes they get stuck together and we feel many of them at once. And then you have to pull it apart and see, okay, what are you worried about? Is that really worry or is it fear? And for her, I won't give her name, but, um, you know, for her, she was worried about the timeline of her life and she was frustrated that things weren't happening quicker because she wants to travel and she wants to go. She has this really amazing job. She works in fashion, but also too, she wants to have babies and she wants to have a family and she's ready. And, you know, she also wants to go live abroad because the company that she works for might send her to another country. And we hadn't had to talk about her admitting that she wanted to have kids, admitting that she wanted to do all these things because she kept saying, I feel like I'm not grateful for all the things that I have. And I was like, that's fine. You're allowed to be grateful, but you're also allowed to have ambition because she had a very strong nose, which does show ambition. So it was funny. So we, we talked it out and basically she's like, okay, so it makes more sense for me to go live abroad, then start to date more seriously and then have my kids. And I'm like, yeah, that's great if that's what you want to do. But she's just, for, for her, she was frustrated and she was feeling uncertain, which is really what fear is, uncertainty, because she had so many things she felt like she wanted to accomplish, but she didn't really know where to start. And she also wasn't admitting to herself that she didn't want to have kids because that would really kind of slow down her life is what she thought, which that's, that's not really always the case, but you know, it's like to go live abroad and to go travel the world. It's a little bit harder to do when you have a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's also an element of control there. You know, she's feeling all this chaos. You can see it in her face and then you help her along with that. And she goes, Oh, okay, well I'll do this, this, and this. Right. And then the metal gets really active and it's like, let me just put some order to this and get really linear about it, which you know, may or may not work and may or may not, you know, actually happen. But what Chinese medicine would say is in the end, you know, trust, trust that you're right where you're meant to be. Trust that those things that you want are going to come. They may not come at the time that you want them to come, but they will come and that there is opportunity within possibility. And so you just have to be open to possibilities as well. So have you seen her again since then? Oh, she's much happier. She went into a vision yeah. board and she she figured out all the things she wanted to do in her life. And she actually admitted to herself that it's okay to want it all. Um, because she was yeah. she was she's very earthy and she feels like, you know, she's so connected to people and she's a little bit of a people pleaser, which is wonderful. But it was about her taking direction in her life. And you said something so interesting that I want to talk about. Control is a function of fear, the way I was taught. 
And sometimes trying to have control is because you're so afraid of what's going to happen. That's different than order. Fear is a water emotion. Order is a metal emotion. And the control that you have because you're scared is very different than the order that you have because you know your life needs to be a certain way. So actually, when you do have order, you let go a little bit of control and the, the metal can actually cycle into the water because all of a sudden, you know, you have the order in your life. You know that you have what you need and that you can control only what you can control. But it's that kind of control where you're trying to micromanage everything, which she didn't have. But that's actually the kind of control that is fear based. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's the lung and heart or lung and kidney connection that's going to link together trust with control that is helpful and guided instead of control, like you're saying, that's chaotic and micromanaged because control is what, as I've learned, it is the lungs. And when people aren't breathing, that's because they're trying to control when they're breathing too heavily, you know, then you get in involved of like the chaotic trying to control or not having control. So you're reminding me to take a deep breath right now. (laughs) Yeah, everybody should. When you have that connection between what you're saying, the fear, that's trust, which means you can trust the things that you are able to control and you can trust that order as well. So that there, you know, the kidneys connect to every single organ. And so when you have that lung kidney connection, you're going to have the harmony in that output in life, but also with the input, right? The inhale and the exhale without going too too deep into that. Yeah. Um, You know, my practice is so gauged towards pain management because that's what I focus on. I do a lot of orthopedics, but the funny thing is, is that I find most people have emotions that cause the issues. mm -hmm. And, you know, I love how Chinese medicine says it. The only internal cause of disease is your emotions. Everything else is either an external factor, like something entering your body, like a pathogen, or it's a lifestyle issue. And it's fascinating to me to really see how grief can make your hands cold and how people actually do get the tighten the physical tightness in the chest of the anxiety because of their emotions. So I really, I really work a lot and see what their symptoms are and how that relates to what they're feeling. Because every once in a while I get someone who's pretty good with their emotions and their pain goes away so quickly. It's just like they've been, they overused something or they kind of had an injury or something like that. That's really easy to fix. It's the emotional stuff that's hard. And that's why the face is so good at gauging these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our behaviors and our habits and our addictions, they all play into the health of our body and the experience of pain that our body has. And that's kind of where things get a little dicey as far as diagnosis and treatment because of everything that's behind all of those lifestyle choices that we make. I want to ask you, so if someone is going to go, or maybe they already have, which would be really great, open their phone, flip their camera so that it's on their view, look in the mirror. If someone was saying, oh no, you know, I have the line on my chin, or I have the circles on my eyes, or I have lines on my forehead, or my cheeks are sunken, you know, what would you say when people start to recognize some of these um, characteristics that we've been talking about? That's a, that's a big question. Um, So, okay. No, that's great. So, okay. So the first thing I'll say, if you look at your phone, 
and you look at yourself, um, the first thing I want to tell you is that don't be too harsh on yourself. Don't be too critical of yourself. I mean, some people, they just love the way that they look and they'll take selfies all the time. And that's great. I, I think that's a good sign of self-esteem. But one of the things I can tell you is that the left side of your face is how you really feel because it's controlled by the right brain. And the right brain is the emotional, intuitive, creative, spiritual brain. The, le- the right side of your face is controlled by the left brain, and that's how you present yourself to the world. So that's the more, um, the left brain is the more strategic, mathematical, analytical brain. So it's a little bit more um, composed in the way that it presents itself. And actually, there was a really interesting study in neuroscience about why when you're trying to create a more emotional connection with someone, always look left. And I was like, wow, this is cool. This actually explains a lot of face reading because when most most people are right-handed. So when a mother is breastfeeding her child, she normally is looking with her right eye into the left eye of the baby, which creates a strong emotional bond. So if you're looking at yourself or if you're working with someone else, always look left. Um, your right eye should look left. The left side of your face is going to show how you really feel and how you really are. And it's funny, a lot of the times people say sometimes, oh, I like this side of my face more. And that'll that'll tell you like, okay, you like the way that you present yourself more. You like the way that you really are more. And neither one's good or bad. You know, learn to like both sides. So when you're looking at yourself, look left, because that'll tell you more things. And you might notice it's a lot more common in men, but it's still common in women. You might have more wrinkles on one side because you're good at masking those things. And you don't show them to everyone else. And it's a whole class to teach you all the wrinkles and what they mean. But to give you the example of the kidney deficiency, You'll see the dark circles under your eyes. Okay, that's a sign that you need more rest. You need more water and like soups, like more minerals. And you kind of need to lay down more. It's different It's different than sleep. You might need more sleep too. But it's a sign that you're working too hard. You burn the oil a little bit too much and you need to rest more. And actually, I'm sure you would have really good insight into how you got rid of this. Because, you know, I think when I first did your face reading, you were doing so much and you had you had some dark circles on your eyes and now they're completely gone. I don't know how you healed that, but that's amazing. I think you really embody all the things that you do. Oh, and well, thank the, you. It, sure. And uh, if you start to see the sunkenness in your cheeks, that's a sign. I, a lot of people like the way that looks. Uh, I'll just tell you that right now and that's okay. But it's a sign that you're living a little bit too anxiously. You're, you feel like you don't have enough time. You feel like you don't have enough money. You feel like you don't have enough energy. You feel like you don't have enough love. People that go through breakups, this gets really hollow. If you see that you're hollowed out, you're living in a lack state. So you need to figure out what is it that I feel like I'm missing in my life? Am I missing more energy? Am I missing more time? Am I missing love? Am I missing rest? And then give that to yourself and watch this start to get more full because this gets really full when we take really big, deep breaths. So when there's that sunkenness there, you're moving too fast in life and life's moving at a pace that you can't really handle. If you see this line right here, it's all similar, right? And these three things normally show up together and you might say, Oh my God, I have all three. And that's okay. That really is just one thing at a time. So this one right here is this one's a fundamental sign that you're doing too many things you don't want to do. So find things that give you energy rather than take it away. Yeah. And he's pointing to the line at his under his chin. So what about going the other way? If someone's cheeks are really full and, puffy, maybe not, maybe not puffy, but like in an excess state and then tell us what like healthy cheeks look like Got it. as well okay. too. Yeah. Okay. That's a great question. So, you know, I was always taught that the more full your cheeks are, the happier you are. And it's, it's funny. It's something that it, I don't think we like the way it looks, but it actually shows that you know how to live a comfortable life. So 
they're called money bags. And the, the way, the reason I was taught that is because there's the wealth cycle in Chinese medicine. So if you're healthy, you can work hard. If you can work hard, you can grow food because this came from a farmer's medicine or you can buy food, you know, in the modern world, good food, right? Good quality food. If you can eat good quality food, then you can work hard. If you can work hard, you can make money. If you can make money and, you know, buy that food, then you can be happy and healthy. And then the cycle repeats itself. So when you have that fullness here, it'll just, it'll look full. It'll almost look like a ripe peach. And uh, like, you know, if it, if it's discolored or if it's gray, all those, all the colors mean different things. And I know you wanted to talk about that. We can talk about that. Um, but I can tell you, it's just like, there should just be a nice fullness here. If it feels like a little bit full, but you get the jowl thing, that's called false earth. And that means that you're kind of living in that similar way. It's not necessarily a lack state, but that you're, you're kind of giving away a little bit too much of that fundamental comfort and pleasure and nourishment for other people and not doing it enough for yourself. Mm. So one of the things that you'll see if someone maybe has a little bit of an unhealthy earth, their spleen, stomach, pancreas is not so balanced is of course you'll see some things in the cheeks, but the cheeks are a little bit more about the Wei Qi and the immune system. And the Wei Qi, interestingly enough, is the psychological boundary too to the body. And Western science is starting to prove that the skin is the psychological boundary to the body. So sometimes it's the boundary issue, I can tell you that. And one of the things that people who have really open pores, that's a sign too of psychological boundary issues, which is fascinating because the, the, the skin can't close the pores. So it's just like, you know, you're letting too many things in, whether it's people, whether it's pathogens, whether it's like you're putting too many creams or things on your face and your body feels attacked. So I also start to see um, some of the, the markings on the nose. This whole area right here on the ball of the nose is the warehouse of the spleen. So if you start to see like discoloring, like I'll just be honest with you, if I eat too much pizza or gluten or sugar or any of that stuff, I get puffy right here. And it's the puffiness that looks a little bit swollen and a little bit discolored. I might have some now. I don't really know. I had some pizza the other night, but it was good. I liked, I liked it and I enjoyed it. Or the biggest thing for digestive issues, and you want to see how the stomach's functioning, you look on the upper lip. And if it looks white, that means there's too much cold there. Maybe you're doing too many smoothies or ice cream or ice drinks or whatever it is. Or if it's dark there, there's some stagnation. And a lot of women tell me that I've always had this. It just looks like a mustache or it's from a chemical burn or something like that. And I don't really understand that stuff because, you know, I don't, I don't do anything here, you know. But, you know, funny enough, I had I had a client who swore it was from a chemical burn, but she was eating a lot of hot Cheetos and a lot of good foods, right? And that were tasty. But, you know, once she started eating more nourishing, warm cooked meals because she got into Chinese medicine because I taught her face reading and she's like, wow, this is really cool. I want to do more of this. The color changed and she was so shocked because she had had it all her life. And you'll hear that a lot with people. I've had this my whole life. That's just the way I am. Well, you might've been living this way your whole life and that's why, and that's okay, you know, but if you want to change that and you want to be a little bit more in alignment with what your body's asking, because there's different ways people make decisions. And one of the ways people make decisions is the logic way. One of the ways people make decisions is the emotional way based off how they feel. One of the ways people make decisions is through their gut and their intuition and one of the ways people make decisions is based off of how their body feels and like based off biofeedback. And I'm a little bit guilty of that one. And it's really surprising to me when people like I can eat a certain food or I can know that my body doesn't want something and I won't do it. But it's it's interesting to me when I get patients that come in that will push their bodies so hard and they have no awareness that it's really affecting them. 
you know, everyone makes decisions differently. And the face is such an amazing tool to see how your decisions are affecting your life and your health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway here is that the face is a reflection of the decisions that we're making and what we're doing on a day-to-day basis over a long and even short period of time. Travis, I'm definitely going to have you back. You know that. (laughs) I am... I love your perspective on Chinese medicine in general, but then also facial readings. We both come from different lineages and bringing those two together. I've used the word harmony a few different times. I think there's just such a nice harmonization that happens and we can see a lot of the similarities. And then even like we were talking about control and order, some of the differentiations in there too. You are currently managing a pain management clinic in Beverly Hills where you incorporate Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic, um, some adjunct techniques. So I will put contact information, website, and all that kind of stuff for Travis in the show notes if anybody wants to check him out or connect, connect with him. Are you still doing virtual facial readings if people were interested in that? Yeah, absolutely. I still do that one also. Right. I, I blanketed it more under a Chinese medicine consult just because all the lifestyle stuff that comes in. So that's on my website. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely do those online. I work with a lot of people all over the country, which is great. And sometimes I get people from other parts of the world, which is cool. I just have to make sure we're on the same time zone. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, was there anything else that you wanted to add or mention? Yeah, sure. You know, the biggest thing I can tell you is that I'm really finding that facial reading and facial diagnosis is so cool. And they're not that different from each other. Facial reading is more about how you're living in the world. And facial diagnosis is more about how your body is reacting to the way that you're living in the world. Mm. And the biggest thing that I can tell you is I, I really want people to learn that you can, your body's always giving you so much information. It's always giving you clues as to how you've been living. So if you start to see things that maybe concern you, if you start to see changes in your face, don't panic. You know, it's it's okay. Things are happening. It's just a wake up call saying you've been going a certain way. So if you start to see that maybe you don't, right now I'm working with a lot of people who don't really like the way that they look. And it's not really that there's anything wrong with them. They're, they're great looking people. It's more so that they're they're so stressed out that they're they can't really get into that, you know, feeling of dopamine and oxytocin and all the positive hormones that we really like. It's because they're so stressed. So if you do have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. But I just have to tell you, you know, you have more control over the way that you look and you have more control over your health than you might realize. And the face is such an amazing tool to help you kind of navigate where you want to be so you can live in that authentic space and be happy, healthy. You can have it all. You really can. You just have to learn how things are supposed to be in your life and how to create a little bit more order to get what you want. Travis, again, thank you so much for joining me. You will be back. And I just really appreciate having you here. I always learn so much about myself and my own face and where I am in the world and, you know, hearing things that I already know, um, but hearing them from you in the way that you ab- you're able to present them is extremely valuable and helpful and non-harming and very intriguing. <laughs> so I appreciate your perspective and you know what you're able to bring. It is, as I was listening to you um, talk there, you know, it really is a method of psychology that 
facial reading, facial diagnosis brings to um, the world and, you know, the perspective of Chinese medicine. So I just think that that is super cool that you take an interest in psychology and neurology and you're able to kind of put it out into the world through Chinese medicine and specifically Chinese medicine facial reading. So thank you for everything that you do and thank you for being here. Yeah, likewise. And just, I guess the last thing I'll say is I always do learn something from you too. So it's, it's very mutual. And the way I was taught it, and I'll just end on this, is that face reading is kind of the lost branch of Chinese medicine. It's the psychological branch of Chinese medicine that links the mind and the body to the emotions. And that's really such an amazing tool to help people gauge where they're at. Absolutely. This medicine is very useful and practical. What was it? Potent. Potent. Yeah. Now we'll just talk obscure general language. Yeah, sure. Travis, thank you again. And we will see you and hear you in a couple weeks. Sounds great. Thank you for listening to Through the Funnel. I hope you found something useful. If you have and you like what you've heard, share around and leave a review on Apple. To get in touch, learn more about me and my classes, visit my website at sourcemedicinalarts.com. Till next time.